brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursion Podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you might want to know and love. This week we're bringing you a bunch of really cool news stories. We've got uh, Rad gets a release date. Dauntless is the first game to launch with PS4 crossplay. I'm going to have some issues with that one. Um, And that good old Yik is back in the news because of some plagiarism allegations. It's super fun. Uh, But before that, I'd like to introduce you to myself, Von Hyde. I am one of the hosts and the illustrious, my co-host, the best of all time, the Big Josh Boy. How are you doing today? Best of all time. I like how my title keeps getting longer and longer. That's gonna eventually. Be... It's gonna be the whole podcast. <laughs> An hour yeah. and a half of me just like, okay, Trying. now I gotta think of another adjective. Oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be intense. Uh, I don't that that legally changing my name thing just keeps getting uh, more and more less unlikely. <laughs> I mean, I had a conversation with John yesterday about these shirts. Oh my it God. seems like they're coming a reality. No, you monster. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Josh is avidly against it. And I was like, I am avidly for it, John. I will make them myself. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it cancels out, which means nobody wants it. Everybody is neutral. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been playing this week? Uh, so the first thing I'll talk about is actually something we were both playing, even though, okay, so this motherfucker, <laughs> this motherfucker, I, I'm, I'm convinced that you just do not want to play games with me. We finally find a chance where we can play games and I hop on and you immediately leave once, <laughs> once I'm ready. Well, I didn't know. Okay. So in Dauntless, I believe you can only have hunter groups of four people. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying, especially because the way that the crossplay works, those four people, if you go into loading screens and such, you can't hear them. Oh, yeah, that is really weird. Yeah, the audio is entirely in-game, so we'd go into, like, I'd be mid-conversation with John and uh, and E-Face and stuff, and then we'd go into a loading screen, and I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta wait. Yeah, I and I didn't realize that at first, too, so I'd continue conversations and then be confused why no one would answer me or, like, yeah, me too. understand what's happening, so I was like... It took me a while to to realize, and I think I think the load time to get into the the game was always faster for PCs, because me and Eface were always in there, and I was like waiting for John. So I don't know if he just wasn't clicking the button right away, or if the PC version is just a little bit quicker with that. So I always had to stop my conversation just for that. But anyway, um, yeah. So I've been I've been playing Dauntless uh, yesterday since it was the whole everyone's trying to get in there and. Uh, 
excessive uh load time oh my god super fun dude yeah i mean it's 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 to be expected like this kind of shit always happens especially on first day of like a launch like this is you know an independent studio this isn't like a big crazy thing and even for the big crazy studios they still manage to screw this up so like i don't expect things like this to not happen but it was pretty annoying and like the funny part about it is i was i was i'm pretty sure you saw the screenshots of it i went to go in and everyone's like logging into dauntless and i get a screen and it's like oh you can log in in um 180 minutes like we'll see you soon <laughs> and i was like uh n- n- no <laughs> i was like i guess i'm not playing and i just clicked cancel and tried it again and it instantly was like zero minutes you're in and i was like Hmm. I was like, would it have just let me wait there if I wasn't persistent? <laughs> yeah, I bet it would. I bet it'd just be like, all right, I guess he's going to, he doesn't want it enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, I wanted it. And then I wanted it so much, I had to restart the game three times. And I had to create my character three times in a row because <laughs> it just got frozen at the loading screen. So I couldn't do anything. But eventually it got in. Um, and it, it seemed like a bunch of people, like either they had stabilized something cause they, they did post on their Twitter that they were working on something. And then when I got in, it seemed like other people were, so they must've stabilized something or maybe just a ton of people left. I don't know what it was, but once I got in there, it was actually pretty fun. Um, yeah, their PR guy reached out to me, uh, today and said they're doing some updates to make it more stable. Mm. So they've done at least one today and I think they're going to do like a couple different updates. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, but once I, once I actually got into it, like it was, it was interesting. It wasn't what I expected because when I thought of, you know, Monster Hunter World, I was thinking more of like an open world kind of running through. Um, but it's more instance based of you know you you start up in the main town and then you go into a small uh basically that what i said an instance of just a jungle kind of world where you're searching for that giant monster that you pick on a battle board to go and face um what, yeah what, i feel like it, a real disservice was done to dauntless and the teams at phoenix labs specifically just because uh this game was toted as something that was uh like monster hunter world like which that is not necessarily true it's just similar to monster Mon- hunter yeah like the the other games like monster hunter 3 ultimate and monster hunter generations and such are much more closely resembling dauntless mm. than world is okay yeah that makes sense and and that was one of the things that from my perspective i was a little bummed about because I, you know maybe i just didn't do my due diligence and understand that but it, it seemed with the way that a lot of people were talking about this game that it would have been more closely related to you know traveling through the world and finding that um but i mean that's you know it's fine this is a free-to-play game i'm not expecting them to have just this massive world out there and constant enemies spawning like that would take a lot of resources from their side to do something like that not that i'm saying they can't but i i think with the mindset in place that it's it's more of just an instance boss rush kind of a thing like you're just going and battling bosses and you get to play with either you know three people or you can do it solo by yourself or however many people join um but it it was a lot of fun i i will say um this being one of my first monster games it had a lot of the same feeling that i thought i would watching these type of games is that i just don't like how you never know where their health is at it just seems like an yeah that was a big pain in the ass for me especially with the the later beasts it's like are you fucking dead yet i know yeah i was i i played uh about 
five of the first beasts and then I watched someone do like the next one and I was like, oh my God, the like the difficulty spike just goes through the roof. But um, yeah, when you get to the Shrike, it's a huge Yeah, yeah that's the one I watched and I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> but I mean, that's really cool. Like that, that's what they're supposed to be. Obviously they're, you know, giant monsters. It should have that same feel to it. But at the same time, not knowing their their health and also just the mechanics in the game are still very closely related to what I said. You know, the Souls-like or in general, like a monster hunter type where you're attacking. And even though I was using the, the weapon that was like the fastest, it still feels very clunky just because that's the style that those type of games bring. Um, which is fine. It's just not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, I think I'll... Sounds s- like you're being a bitch. Yeah, I'm a big bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but no, so so it's one of those games where I think I'll probably stick with it just because the Parallax group seems to be like gung-ho about it and wants to play, uh, you know, the game all together, which I think is awesome. Like, it's great that a game like this can bring, you know, those people together and actually have something to start a group which is one of the reasons why in like our next one of our articles coming up it's an awesome thing that that this game actually has cross play because i never would have really played with anyone from parallax just because you guys are always on playstation so it's definitely a good thing and i'll definitely keep up with it but that's that being said i probably wouldn't if i didn't have those people to you know push me along and keep me playing in this ecosystem yeah, that's very true. It's kind of funny. We've been trying to like get everybody together at Parallax to play for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, John and I guess John and Eface are like, yeah, it only took us a full year to actually play a game together. I know, which is so funny, too, because it was such an impromptu thing. Like, it made no sense. Like, usually we're like, we'll plan like a week ahead and we'll be like, this Sunday, we're going to play games. Everybody get there. And then like no one shows up on Sunday. But this time it was just like, all right. In like an hour, we're playing, and everyone just showed up. Yeah, like you said, that's what's so nice about it being cross-play and it being free. You didn't have to buy it. You didn't have to worry about what platform you were playing on, and it just made it really fun. The only issue I have is that stupid-ass like in-game chat thing, and I was like, all right, I'm starting to think we should just uh, do this in Discord. I mean, like, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty surprised we weren't, but I guess it's also nice because I don't know how the PlayStation works for that, like, because you... you you, you can't get Discord on PlayStation, can you? No, nah, I was just going to do it on my phone. Yeah, 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 okay. Which is, like, it's kind of annoying because it's a separate entity. Like, you would either have to have it on your phone or you'd have to go to your computer and sit there and then, you know, like, have those two devices. So it is kind of annoying for people who aren't already on a PC, but it's also just easier so there's no disconnect from going into an instance. But, I mean, that being said, you just shut up for a few seconds and then people will show up. <laughs> Yeah, dude, but that's where all my hilarity happens is in the moment, Josh. Mm. You should know this by now. Eh, I mean, you know, if you miss a few, you'll be fine. I mean, speaking of disappointments with Dauntless, dude, you know what? Uh, John is talking about making this guild. There's up to 100-player guilds, and he seems to not like my uh, submission for its name, which is Big Josh Boy and the Geeks. (laughs) I think that's a good one. (laughs) I think that should be way ahead of Slay Blades or Super Duper. Let's be Big Josh Boy and the Geeks, right? Let's uh, if uh, if we do a vote at Parallax, we better both be voting for Big Josh Boy and the Geeks, okay? 
<laughs> do not think so. <laughs> <laughs> so which weapon are you using in Dauntless? Are you using the spear? Yeah, so I'm using the, uh, the what are they? I don't even know what they're called. They're like the pickaxe things, like the when you have the two... Oh, like yeah, the, the, like the twin blades? Yeah, the twin blades. So I was using the twin or blades. Or chain blades, I think is what they're called. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense because you have that like special where you throw them around and whatnot. Um, I'm using the chain blades, and then I also kept switching to the stabby tool is what I called it, which was just the spear. <laughs> yeah, I think you called it, you were like, yeah, the sharp one is OP. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because that's what I was like, because I was looking through the weapons and I was like, what's the difference between all these? I was like, is this the stabby tool? I was like, what does this do? <laughs> like all was on there. <laughs> I felt so dumb because everyone was just like a little bit ahead of me because they had played like a couple more matches and like gone through a couple more bosses so i was just trying to catch up and i was like i have no idea what i'm doing i'm like dashing off of cliffs to like dodge attacks <laughs> like, <laughs> i was like oh but um but i still got a, a bunch of s's so hey man i'm still good still still yeah pro. dude me getting s's s plus uh s plus plus was like man i'm so good at this game <laughs> that fucking ego boost <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I use the uh, I either use the sword, which is what I started out with, and then I got the repeaters, and I use the repeaters and grenades. They're pretty dope, but the the only thing that kind of sucks about the repeaters is you can't like upgrade them every time you beat a new beast, like you can with all the other weapons. Mm. So that really sucks. Ah, uh, that does suck. Yeah, I saw Eface using the repeaters. I haven't got to that part yet. I think I I'm at the part where I can just get them now, but I had logged off after like the last beast before that. Um, but he was using them and they looked pretty dope. Yeah, the it has this really cool mechanic where you obviously have to reload, um, but the whole mythology of Dauntless is that uh, the reason you're killing the behemoths is because they eat the ether, mm -hmm. which is like the thing that actually keeps the uh, islands floating. It's what actually keeps, you know, everybody alive. Um, and that's why you kill the behemoths, but you actually, the repeaters are like ether repeaters. So when you reload, if you do so right next to the behemoth, it actually reloads and it, I think it says it either overpowers or it overcharges your stuff. Mm. So you could do additional damage and do really cool stuff. That's interesting. I like it. Yeah, it it comes at the cost of not being able to use like uh, like supers like the other weapons use mm -hmm. um, once you charge them up. But they're still really fun. You get to they're used to pinpoint specific parts, which is fun. I just blowing off legs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do like that mechanic about um, that game, and I, I believe that's in most Monster Hunter games as well. Is just the going for the specific area that they're most weak in. Yeah, but it's excessively hard to shoot somebody in the fucking tail. Because they always, like, especially if you play by yourself, they're always facing you. So you're just like, dude, just turn around. Like, quit being oh, a bitch yeah. about I was going to say, I feel like the, the gun class is pretty OP. But it's, like, only if you have someone who can actually face tank them. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's just, like, me rolling around, like, throwing a mine. Well, you got to like, play with me, buddy. Yeah, me and you, we're gonna play. Yeah. I mean, you weren't you weren't part of the cool kids uh, like me, John, Eface, and Cody yesterday. We we're just mobbing it up, killing behemoths left and right. No big deal. Big python arm flex. You can't see it, but that's what's happening. <laughs> oh, I'm so sure. Um, anyway, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> just gonna slide on from that one. Get it? 
As a python. Yeah, like a snake, like a python. Oh, oh, damn. Those transitions, though. Um, so the other game that I actually just picked up, this is an indie, but I just kind of wanted to talk about it because I literally just got in uh, a couple hours ago, was um, the Mario Kart beta game uh, for mobile. Uh, they're doing a beta that's currently closed right now. You had to sign up like a couple weeks ago and they're doing it only for Android devices. Um, and I was lucky enough to get in and I've been playing it for a little bit today. Boy, this is a gotcha game. If I've ever seen one, it is intense. Like what do you mean by a gotcha game? Uh, basically, everything is uh, random. Like, gotcha meaning, like, you have to pay money to potentially get something in a prize. So, s- sort of like, you know, those oh, okay. 25 cent, uh, like, candy ball or, like, little toy machines. Like, the term gotcha comes from, like, a Japanese... I, I, it's a specific thing like those, and it's from Japan, so it's a term gotcha game for basically loot boxes and things like that. So the way that the way that Mario Kart works for Mario Kart mobile is basically you will get a random character and everyone seems to start with, and I don't know how this is going to start when it's not beta, but everyone seems to start with the same couple of characters, which is like Toadette um, and Peach is who I got. Um, And then you get a specific car and a specific glider. And just like in you know Mario Kart 8, there's a ton of different characters, a ton of different cars, a ton of gliders, and each one of them have their own special pieces to them. One's maybe faster or has a special item or a little special skill to them, which is like really cool. It's a very positive thing that there's all these different elements to it for you to pick and choose and find out the best one. And you also, as you're playing through and you're unlocking courses, each course has courses like each course is better suited for a specific character and a specific type of car so the the true part of it is is to you know get that one matching combination and make sure you have that person for the level which is great except you can't really do that because everything is randomized in the items and the characters you get and everything that you do so you have to constantly play the game to unlock the characters which is fine that's normal progression in a game but the way this game works is it's a very mobile game. You can only play five matches in a row because you have hearts that refill over time. So you basically get to play a little bit, and then if you deplete all of those, you'll have to put it down and wait until it refills. Then if you want to get a new character, you get coins in the game on the track and throughout the game, and you also get uh, emeralds. And emeralds are like real currency that you'll win over time. And with that real cur- currency, like you had, what would be US dollars for emeralds, you can then use those to buy warp pipes. So when you use a warp pipe to get a random character or like item. So there's no... This sounds excessively complex for being a Mario Kart game. Yeah, so there's <laughs> no way for you to get a character that you want. So you like you say, Josh, I just want Bowser. Like that's all I want or I just want Donkey Kong. You know, you want you want those arms that Donkey Kong has cuz they remind you a little bit of yourself and you want to play as your favorite big-armed character. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely not Bowser. Bowser's got those skinny yeah, arms and this big that's why, bulky yeah, arms. That's why I went to Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. I was like, I was like, I gotta match him. You, that's an apt comparison. Yeah, well, spot on. I mean, pretty much. 
big old monkey boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've got gorilla strength. Don't you worry. I know you do. I know you do. Rip people's arms off. All right, so you want to be a big old monkey boy, and you're like, that's who I want? (laughs) Well, guess what? There's no for sure way for you to be monkey boy. So you can buy emeralds or keep playing the game and get emeralds over time. And then once you get those emeralds, you buy those warp pipes. You use a warp pipe totally fucking random what character you're gonna get there's no like like, it would be cool if it was like even an astronomical price for that specific character to just get it but there is no way you have to just do it at random and then (laughs) and then like there's little bit of chance where you can get a character because what it seems like every week there's like a little section where it's like this time it's on sale and i saw little carts that were like a thousand or two thousand coins but it's like this week these ones are on sale so it seems like it'll be something where you can get it technically but you have to wait for the week that they're selling them for that thing rather than just getting it random I mean, this is, like, keep in mind, I've only been playing this for a couple hours, but, like, it just seems like such a cash grab. (laughs) Like, everywhere I turn in this game is, like, a way that they want your money. This is uh, Mario Kart World Tour, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, Do you know if, like, let's say you use these warp pipes to try to get one of them. Uh, Do you know if you get doubles, if it, like, refunds you, or does it let you go again? No idea. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see yeah. any option for that, but I've only gotten a couple of characters, so like, there's not really a chance that I'm going to get a duplicate at this point. <laughs> but, but yeah, it just seems like someone jumps out of the pipe, and I'm pretty sure the way it's set up is it'll probably just have it where you don't get duplicates, and it's just whoever's the you know out of the ones that are available. I don't know the back end of it though. This is just my uh, assumption, um, but from what i've been seeing which is interesting because eventually like you'll definitely run out of things like you can only unlock so many characters and so many carts but there's also little tickets that will upgrade your characters and your vehicles because you like level up over time with them so i don't know if maybe eventually those pipes will turn into something else but for right now it just seems like you buy enough emeralds you'll eventually unlock the game for all of what it's worth um but like i don't know what that's going to amount to because right now in the beta version you cannot buy you can't like purchase it with real money right now it just says like not available during beta so i don't know how much anything's going to cost yeah this seems excessively complicated for being a mario kart game plus nintendo recently seems to have been making like these cash grabby like mobile games i don't really know a whole lot about uh so they put out pokemon quest last year um which i've heard is excessively yeah pokemon quest and mario run and their like earlier mobile games weren't bad because like mario run was like pay 10 bucks and get everything and that was like it but like you have i've heard dragalia lost Lost. yeah that's that's a cash grab so it seems like uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, whoever their investors are, are getting mad at them for doing it that way because, you know, there's a ton of money in the mobile space right now because people will just fucking shill out a ton of cash for those unlimited amount of tries because no one wants to have to put their phone down during playing of having a good time and be like, well, I guess I'll wait an hour for me to play again because it's just it's not a conducive like (laughs) enjoyable experience to what you're doing to just be like nope you're done you have to wait yeah yeah would you say that they're hoping that you have a rad experience oh i would not 
But that's a great transition to our first story. Oh, thanks. Yeah, time to hop into the news. This is over on Nintendo Life. It is written by Ryan Craddock, I guess. I'm just going to go with Craddock because that's what your name looks like. Uh, Double Fine's Rad brings its apocalyptic 3D action to Switch this August. Uh, Bandai Namco and developer Double Fine Productions have revealed that Rad will be mutating... Uh, I don't really like that. I don't like that he says we'll be mutating. Uh, we'll be mutating onto Nintendo Switch on uh, the 20th of August. It was first revealed a couple of months ago. Uh, this one seemed to go down pretty well with fans. Okay, the rest of this just seems kind of annoying. Uh, Rad looks pretty cool, though, dude. Are you excited for this release date? Have you? Uh, yeah, it is pretty cool, actually. Have you ever played Rad? No, remember, uh, I believe you played like a demo or something of it. Yeah, so I you played like a beta. Yeah, so I was I was in the beta for Rad, um, and it was actually pretty good. I I wrote up an article on like my impressions with the game. It's it's actually pretty fun, especially for it being in a beta status. And there were a lot of developers at the time who were really like looking into how they better progress the game so that I, I was on a couple of uh, different streamers who were streaming the game and they had developers like sitting there and answering questions for the streamer and the people in the chat. Um, there was a whole forum message board for people who were like uh, posting ideas and them giving status updates and like feedback on how they could change the game. So they were actively like listening, which was a great piece to this. Um, and essentially the game is just you going through and constantly evolving. It's uh, a roguelike game where each run is different and your character constantly progresses each time by the enemies you kill. Um, you get random evolutions based on uh, just RNG. It, that, that was my one thing with it is there's no way to really pick or choose the ones that you get. It's just random, so you never know what might happen, but that's kind of the nature of roguelikes. Did they just randomly, like, happen on your body, or so, do you pick up, like, power-ups? So the way it works is you basically fight enemies, and whenever you kill something, you gain experience. And whenever your experience bar, you know, goes to 100%, you essentially level up, and it could be uh, anything. So there's three different skills, like mutation skills or attacks that you could have. Um, and then once you get those, you'll also have passive ones where you can get them from uh, different shrines and things like that. Um, but basically the, the three main attack, I don't want to say offense skills because some of them are defensive, but your main big attacks that you actually trigger, so it's a you know an activatable skill, um, those you get by leveling up just by killing enemies. Um, and it's really cool because you, you know, it's, it's something new every time. Um, but I noticed that like, there's a ton of different mutations and I was constantly getting like the same, uh, couple of them revolving throughout my game. So I was like, I wish there would have been either more, uh, RNG against what you had already had before in a, in a run, or that if you get one that you really like, you can put like a favorite button to like up the RNG to more likely get that one um but for the most part though it was an enjoyable experience it's a little uh a little clunky if you're using the mouse i i think that it definitely works better with a controller which is going to work you know wonders for being on the switch um, my one in like point about this though is well i guess august is kind of a while's away um but it, this is four days before my birthday uh, Just in case Big Josh Boy wanted to buy me something. Oh, that's interesting. Mine is August 10th. 
Oh, dude, we're both August babies? Yeah, dude, we're so close. Oh, man. Oh. It's like we were destined to be... Uh... I think we were destined to be co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah, man, I'll get you this game on Switch for you. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so gross. <laughs> There's one of the power-ups I saw where you shit out eggs and it multiplies little baby you. Yeah. I was like, Egh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disgusting. It's good. It's good. It's a it's a fun time to be had. Uh, I think that it's... I mean, I guess it's a beta, so it's not like early access or anything. I feel like it's a little soon to be jumping out but at the same time one of my comments about this game was that it felt pretty fully flushed even at the beta stage so i think it'll be fine awesome awesome um if you're interested the release date announcement comes alongside a fan art contest where you can submit rad graffiti designs uh that best represent the game entries will be evaluated by the development team uh with the winning design being featured in the game itself the grand prize winner will also get their hands on some lovely limited swag items including a skateboard which is Interesting. Uh, Glow-in-the-dark action figure, lunchbox, and a floppy disk. And then uh, on this Nintendo Life article, they, of course, link you to the rules and how you can enter this little sweepstakes they got here. That's pretty cool. I always love it when, uh, like, developers do little fan art contests. Yeah, that's dope. I think that's I wish I had actual skills. Yeah, me too. Do something with this. (laughs) I wish I was talented in any way. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so are you going to pick up Brad when it comes out? Or are you going to may, is this a sleeper? Are you going to wait a little bit or you just could pick it up immediately? Uh, I think it depends on the price point. Uh, I don't see anywhere in the article what the price is for this. Um, yeah, me neither. Yeah. I, I think it depends because if it's a, like a normal indie game price, um, which I hate saying ever since we had that discussion, but <laughs> dude, I fucking told you, I know. but if it's, if it's more like I could see spending probably like 20 bucks on this game. And I think that would be an awesome deal. Um, but I don't know where they're going to rank this. If it's something that's, you know, higher than that, it might be a wait until a sale comes around kind of a thing. But, um, but it's also, I'm a little biased because I had, you know, a good amount of time with the beta. I played like 10 plus hours with it. So I don't reasonably think a lot is going to change in that time. So I might wait, but for those who haven't had a chance to pick it up, I would recommend it. So if it comes out, like, uh, with the amount that you've actually played, if it comes out over $20, is that an, is that a no-go for you? You're pretty much just 20 and under? Um, I think so for me, but I'm a little biased, like I said. I think, I think if it does go a little bit over, it's still worth it for someone who hasn't played it. It's just I've, you know, I've played a good amount of it already, so... All right. Well, if pricing is an issue, this next game you'll have no issue with. Yeah, bro. Whoa. That's a transition for you. That's two in a row. Oh, yeah. Um, Over on IGN, our next article is written by Adam Bankhurst. Interesting enough, not Casey DeFridis. Not all dauntless uh, articles are written by Casey DeFridis. I thought you were going to say dogs go to heaven. (laughs) I don't know. What? The way you you were like, not all daunt. I thought you. Not all dogs go to heaven yeah. in this next article. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that statement? <laughs> so this is Dauntless becomes a first game to launch with PlayStation 4 crossplay. So I guess 
it is very possible that this headline is like this title is actually true because i don't know if any other games had launched Mm -hmm. with crossplay on playstation 4 and other stuff but the big like momentous achievement in this is that dauntless is the first game to have full crossplay across all platforms not just between like playstation 4 and xbox one or playstation 4 and pc it's over everything and it has full cross progression as well which is really awesome oh so Um, i can pick this up on my ps4 and just keep continuing yeah, yeah, you play the the same thing. It's all hooked through your Epic account, which is pretty nice. Hmm. I mean, however much I hate the the way that that Epic account works with social features, it actually works pretty well with the cross progression system. Yeah, I felt dirty uh, downloading the Epic Store after all. Yeah, that I know time. you and like two other people were bitching that you'd have to download this Epic Game Store <laughs> to play freaking Dauntless. I was like, don't be a bitch about it. Just just do it's it just and play another, with me. And then I didn't play another with you. stupid app on my computer that I have to deal with, and it's it's just annoying. It's just too much. It just doesn't have the same features. It doesn't. It's dog (laughs) fucking trash. It's trash in comparison to where Steam is right now. I'm not saying. I'm just wondering how much the, like, average gamer actually uses all of these Steam features. I get on Steam every now and then. I never use these features. Probably not. Never. I don't know. But I just don't. I, I also just don't like the UI for it. Like, I don't at all like everything you do opens up a separate little window in in the thing and it's just uh, I don't like their their design choices for it it's just it's <laughs> not what I'm used to and I don't like it I'm gonna do my old man meh, and uh and I want it to be on steam but that being said it did run quite well once I was in the game so I mean they're doing okay I still like it <laughs> So the article goes on to say, uh, Dauntless has fulfilled its one Dauntless promise at, at, as it launched today uh, with full crossplay and cross progression on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, uh, and PC on the Epic Game Store. Uh, and its first game to launch the functionality for PS. I really hate that they keep saying for PS4. I understand. Yeah, they really like that- it. <laughs> yeah they're like oh it's our first one to like launch with it on ps4 and i'm like but the the big thing is that it's across all consoles not just ps4 like that's the whole deal um phoenix labs free to play co-op action rpg dauntless promises a one dauntless uh for all players around the world to play together no matter where they play uh was a truly audacious goal i'm sorry i they say audacious like three times in this article i don't I I I can I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what audacious means, but it's quoted several times, <laughs> and I'm starting to think I'm dumb. I mean, they're just they're hitting you hard with those big words. It's tough. I guess it's a tough life. <laughs> uh, apparently, this was a truly audacious goal, but one that was very important for the team in its mission. Uh, When we first started talking about One Dauntless, we knew it was a truly audacious goal. Uh, Jesse Houston, CEO and co-founder of Phoenix Lab, said uh, no one has ever launched a game or no one has ever launched on console with full crossplay support from the start, but we believe in our vision and thankfully our friends at Epic Game Store Sony or Epic Games, Sony and Microsoft did too. Uh, keeping the community connected is one of our top priorities and all the new players coming in at launch will never uh what does that say? There there's never been a better time <laughs> to be a slayer Dauntless. I was like, What does that actually say? Never <laughs> I don't know, man. 
forgot where I was going with that. This is pretty huge, though. I think it's so awesome. This, I mean, I don't know if this is going to, like, set precedent or anything, but it, it does come down and kind of prove me wrong that way back when I said it's possible only big games would actually get cross-play, which actually... I can't say that this proves me wrong because Dauntless on PC alone had 3 million players and they're expecting that to quadruple with the launch uh, of like not only crossplay but on all consoles. Mm. So I think this still kind of proves me right in a way. I don't know. Um, but I mean, I mean, it's. I wouldn't call I'm it. I'm excited either way. Game, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but it's got 3 million players, dude. I mean, 3 million? Is that really a lot? You know how many people are on this earth? Do, do you know three million people? I mean, I don't, but I've seen three million people. <laughs> yeah, there's like seven billion people on Earth, so really, I mean, but the the install base on PlayStation Four alone is only like, or not the install base is like, how many consoles are out there in the wild? Like a hundred million in the wild, <laughs> running free in the jungles of the Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think there's like 150 million PS4s out there, so. Like three, three million. That's a big number. Okay, I mean, that's three percent. So. Less than. I want to see how. Well, I want to see how much the player base spiked since, like, right now, since the initiative, and then what it's going to be in like a month or so. Yeah, I imagine next week we're going to be reporting on the massive like uptick yeah. of uh, people playing Dauntless, and then like two months later, just like what happened uh, with fuck what is that game that really big one that people are playing that most recent battle apex royale legends? i can't yeah apex legends i couldn't i can't believe i forgot about that um we'll probably see the same things that happen with apex legends where people put out like articles like oh apex legends is seeing a big drop off in players and then you're like is that true and in the article they're like i don't know <laughs> it seems like, right though it's, like, well, it's yeah, taken me I five mean, minutes to get into a match no uh, duh, when it used to take me three minutes I'm like okay there's no way it can sustain that hype like it's never gonna be new again yeah i i feel like dauntless is kind of like it's it's a little bit under the radar it's not making massive headlines with the exception of it having full crossplay across all consoles mm-hmm. so I, I feel like this will be a slow burn, but ultimately that's going to be a good deal for Phoenix Labs because then they won't see this massive drop off of players. Yeah. Slow burns are always good burns. Which I still don't even know if Apex Legends saw a massive drop off. Seems like people are just taking shit out of context. But nah, The world will never know. There's no way to know. Literally no way. Yeah, literally no way. It's like how many licks it takes to get to the center of Tootsie Pop. Nobody knows. Mm. Bird keeps eating them. Every time I go to eat a Tootsie Pop, bird just takes out my hand. That's, Every time. that's fucked. What a jerk. It's, it's, it's super messed up. Yeah. Our, you know what so else is super messed up? Uh, plagiarism? Yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely is plagiarism in our next article over on Twinfinite. This is written by Aaron. Uh, yeah, that is Aaron. Aaron Greenbaum. <laughs> Yeah, that's For some Aaron. reason, I there was like, is. wait a sec. Is it Eric? Or <laughs> is that Aaron? Oh, yeah, that's Aaron. Uh, so this is Yik, developer accused of plagiarism, <laughs> claims it's a subtle homage. Just to be clear, it's Y2K, but that's a I mean, dumb way to say Y2K, nah, dude. It's Yik. That's a good old Yik. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so yeah, disgusting. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> 
there's a right way and a wrong way to honor your inspirations. Uh, when done correctly, people would cheer your cute little call out. <laughs> but when done incorrectly, nobody will be sure if you've created an homage or committed plagiarism. So I really just want to skip past all this stuff because they pretty much just talk about how Yik had kind of like a lukewarm reception. But the real issue is that it seems like the developer took complete passages from like is this a novel i'm assuming i I believe it is actual just complete lines Mm -hmm. uh it says um as you can tell from the pictures several of the lines from the proto woman scene are lifted wholesale from the after dark um which i believe is a novel so this is yep yep it is a novel about a woman who wanders a surreal tokyo um after meeting someone who claims to know her sister which is a weird concept mm-hmm. a little bit i mean but so was uh yik so it kind of kind of that, you know, makes sense there i mean you got me there yeah it's definitely a surreal concept but yeah i think pretty much everyone on earth agrees that this is just plagiarism yeah i mean it it it's weird like I get what he's trying to do, and I I like the concept that he said. Cause okay, so the, a little bit of background story of why he says this is an homage and not just like ripping it straight out of there, which obviously it is. But he basically did this because he says that the character is a part of. So the the proto woman is this weird surreal being that he's finding, and most of Yik is very just odd in general um because it's about like the supernatural and so the main concept is uh where does it say it um is acting like a suit so this is what the actual uh creator said the proto woman is acting like a pseudo narrator after of after dark since she is part of a distorted reality being uh, presented to alex alex being the main character that's uh talking to proto woman and apparently alex is such a huge fan of after dark the novel that his uh adultation adult adulation adulation oh excuse me (laughs) i thought i was like adultation it doesn't make any sense his adulation is seeping into his reality with vocal and physical manifestations calling his attention back to the passages of the book so essentially meaning he's so intertwined with this book that because this is kind of part of his own subconscious or, or some kind of narrative of that that she is basically regurgitating the content that he previously had read cool concept but it's still obviously just stealing the book (laughs) like yeah i i definitely i understand the thought process behind it and i i won't hit um i think this is actually the the development studio is called like axe studio or something like that Mm -hmm. um yeah axe studios um i'm not gonna go after them and i don't think anybody should for paying homage to things that they love but the way it's done is not good um you're just listening listening lifting like entire sentences from the pages of this novel novel without actually crediting the original author in any way from what i understand um so like it says at the beginning of this article there's there's a right and a wrong way to pay homage i definitely believe that this is the wrong way especially because like if you wanted to make this an homage, you could just paraphrase or rewrite these sentences to make them somewhat similar, and people who are fans of the book would understand. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Even um, even still, I think like a, if that's really where he's going for, I don't even think he really needed to change it. 
I think he just needed to make it clear that that was his intention. Like he could yeah, or credit the yeah, author. He could have made it specific to like the main character knowing that like I just read this. Like why are these words like showing up or something to that nature of like explaining that he had just read that book and that's where it's coming from. So maybe he could then say like, oh, this is crazy, but it doesn't make sense. It's just all in my head because it's from that book or something like that. You know, some weird kind of way to clearly tie it to what he is representing or taking that content from. Uh, did you play Y2K? I know Errol did. I did. But did you? I did. Um, I played it. I got... Um, how far did I get through it? I got a couple hours into it, and I honestly... I just... I didn't enjoy it. I, did you get to this part? Yeah, I did. You did? Okay, so it, as far as you remember, it doesn't say anything about it. It doesn't address it in any way. Because I kind of thought that maybe this uh, might have been taken out of context where it might have actually had like a line beforehand talking about like, oh, this is my favorite book written by this person. Mm-hmm. You know, he, in the in the game, they do have certain scenes like that that I feel like it could have been said like that's that's why i i really gave that example is because i feel like that could have been something that would easily be done but i don't recall it and granted it's been a while since i played the game i'd have to actually go back in to you know verify but i don't remember ever hearing anything to that nature that would have you know made it seem more more likable or more um feasible i guess Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I, I, I think also, um, if it was mentioned beforehand, either it was like an oversight by the developers themselves, um, or like uh, it was not included in this article because that quote where he talks about why this is in here was actually uh, because Kotaku actually reached <clears throat> out to the developers, and that was in an email mm-hmm. them explaining why it was in there. So I would assume either. If it was taken out of context and like there was actually contextual evidence given beforehand, the developers either would have said that or it it might be that just Aaron like left that out of this article to fulfill his own narrative. But I don't know Aaron. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like he would do that to me. And it's so Yeah. And it's interesting because if you go to the Kotaku article, they actually did an update as of uh yesterday. And it says that Axe Studios tells Kotaku that it plans to update the Yik uh the games credits to include a work cited section for people interested in seeing our influences and references this will also clarify how these works contributed to the project well that'll be nice because actually so this was uh seemingly written like a day before that update was actually given and at the end um uh aaron says regardless of whether act studios meant no harm they still copied from after dark verbatim and did not credit I cannot say that guy's name. Uh, anywhere in Y2K, that is literally, uh, that is the literal dictionary definition of plagiarism. Here's hoping the developers fix this issue soon. So if they're, if Act Studios are going to fix this, that's pretty awesome. That's a nice, like, that's great response time. 
is all I'm saying. Like a, a day or two later, depending on if this is like a very, it could come out and it's like a tiny bit. They're just like, oh yeah, by the way, we took some like a little bit from this. That would annoy me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's interesting because they do say for people interested in seeing our influences and references to clarify how the the works contributed. So they are obviously saying that there's going to be even more included in that based on the quote. So it, it'd be interesting to see what shows up. Um, yeah. And how I would how assume so they go with that. Yeah. I would assume so considering this is like a heavily like um, nostalgia based video game oh, that yeah. they, it, mm-hmm. if it not only draws from this novel, but I would assume it also draws from like several games and just pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. So I imagine they might not have like copied verbatim from all of these other things, um, but they did for this one. So they're like, ah, oh, why not just credit everybody? Yeah, exactly. Might as well. Yeah. But it's cool that they're actually like responding to it and they're like, hey, this is something we're going to fix. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it, it sucks because it's it's one of those things in the moment where, you know, there's there's like a side to each of these. Like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up, but at the same time, like they probably had the right intention, just didn't execute properly. Yeah, I definitely believe that the uh the studio meant for it to be a subtle homage, mm-hmm. but it really ended up being what people consider plagiarism, which I imagine everyone considers that plagiarism. <laughs> For the most part, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's time to move on to the next segment of our podcast. This is News Cram. Cram, 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 cram. These are the stories that we might not had a whole lot of time to cover or uh, we might just not had a whole lot to say about. I really need to find a better way to describe this segment, but trust me, next week I'm probably going to do an equally as horrible job. I I feel like that Uh, one's pretty good. I mean, that's the point. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, So our first article is over on Nintendo Life. It's Let's Go Nuts brings crazy multiplayer platforming to Switch this summer. Also on Nintendo Life is PlayStation-inspired survival horror back in 1995, which is the name of the game. The name of the game is actually back in 1995. Yeah. I was like, maybe they should have, like, italicized that or just... (laughs) Is anything um, back in 1995 spooks Nintendo Switch this week? So you guys can pick that up this week. Uh, over on Game Informer, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons is coming to the Nintendo Switch very soon, which is super vague. Um, once again, over on Nintendo Life, uh, Vectronom, Vectronom, Vectronome, maybe uh, brings an intense take on rhythm action to Switch next week. Uh, this one I'm going to call Massive Bullshit on, also oh. on Nintendo Life. Hollow Knight European physical release has been delayed. They say in this article that it did not affect the U.S. releases. As I said last week, yes, it did. My Hollow Knight physical release was delayed until June. So suck a fat one, Nintendo Life. <laughs> Get your facts straight. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also on Nintendo Live, Katana Zero is receiving a significant update, in quotations, at the end of this month. Supposedly, you'll be able to pet a cat. That's really significant. I mean, yeah, that's... People are really excited about it. That's all you need to know. Roger's really excited about it. He's like, I gotta pet that cat, dude. It's not the, like the doggo Twitter. I don't think it's gonna be featured. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is Roger? <laughs> <laughs> Um, also on Nintendo Life, my time at Porsche Switch update improves performance and adds new content. Uh, also on Nintendo Life, dude, there was a lot of shit on Nintendo Life this week. I know. Uh, you Terra went crazy Tech. about that. 
Yeah, I, just, I had to find stuff because there was only like three fucking articles for everybody else. I was like, Nintendo Life, you got my back. <laughs> and even though I uh, just Terra- fucking told him to suck a fat one. That's yeah, so they're wrong. <laughs> Doesn't mean I can't criticize them. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yes, that was constructive criticism, me telling him to suck a fat Constructive criticism. <laughs> At its finest. <laughs> Uh, TerraTech brings Lego-like open-world adventure to Switch this month uh, on Nintendo Life. Just assume the rest of these are on Nintendo Life until I specify, okay? Because I don't want to have to keep saying it. (laughs) Uh, After a short delay, Katana Zero arrives in Australia later this month. Uh, Get a free DLC pack when you buy co-op RPG Super Super Cane Magic Zero at launch. Um, Which, okay, mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second. Is Is it really DLC? If you're, if it's at launch, I mean, see, this is what I don't like about really just all-encompassing definitions of something. So like, I don't enjoy the definition of indie game because nobody actually has a definition for it, and I don't enjoy the definition of DLC because by like it being self-explanatory, DLC is downloadable content, but technically, video games themselves are downloadable content. Yeah, so. I I really don't like that. It seems like a misnomer. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, I mean, yeah, but my point but is, right. if you're going to... Like, why come out with a game, and the game hasn't even come out yet, and yet you're saying, oh, here's an incentive to buy it, you'll also get this other part of the game that comes out, but you can't have unless you also pay more money for later down the road. I mean, I understand why they do it because track records with pre-order bonuses through like GameStop and such have proven that it does bolster sales to include like just random incentives. Um, but yeah, with an indie game like this, it's kind of different um, because GameStop is just trying to get you to pre-order the game through them just like PlayStation would include it. And it seems like this is just all encompassing. They're just like, yeah, you just purchase it anywhere and you get this DLC. So I think they just want you to buy their game. And they're like, hey, free DLC seems like a good way to incentivize people. It just seems, it just seems wrong. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, Mabel in the Wood is a Metroidvania that allows you to slay or spare your enemies. Mm-hmm. Also on Nintendo Life. Um, Songbird Symphony brings cute musical platforming to Switch this July. This next one is on IGN, actually. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, no Man's Sky's vinyl soundtrack is coming back for a second run on Game oh. Informer. We got Dead Cells Rise of the Giant DLC comes to Switch this week. On Twinfinite, Shakedown Hawaii's first mogul, which I feel like that's spelled weird. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how you actually spell mogul, but that looks like it's weird. It's M O G U L. I don't think that's how you spell mogul. Um, update now live on PC and PlayStation Four. And the last article in Newscram is over on Twinfinite. Is Darkwood brings a survival horror experience to Switch today, Xbox One tomorrow, and those should already actually be out on your consoles if this article is to be del- believed. Which, if it's Aaron, <laughs> if it is I believe believed. him, dude. Aaron's got that sweet baby face. Is that Aaron? He wouldn't lie to me. I don't know, but I'm saying if it is, uh, he wouldn't lie to me, dude. That's true. By the way, mogul and is M-O-G-U-L. It means an important or that's powerful That's bullshit, person. dude. That seems like bullshit. <laughs> I don't like that. There's also a website. Looks oh, mogul weird. is a technology platform as well and mobile app for women. Oh, that, hmm, that's interesting. I thought mogul had something to do with downhill skiing. Mm. I thought that's where the like term came from. 
I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh, actually, it's a parts and rec episode. Mogul, a bump on a ski slope formed by the repeated turns of skiers over the same path. You know what that sounds like, Josh? Uh, That sounds like you can suck it, big boy. I was right. Damn. uh, Dude, legally, you have to change your name now because I was right. I don't. don't Big Josh boy, you now are. I don't think. (laughs) Why are you Yoda? What's happening? I don't know. Who knows what's actually happening? I do, because our next segment is God Bless the Crowd. This is where Josh goes into different crowdfunding sites, finds some awesome indie games for us to talk about generally over on Kickstarter. But this week, we got a special treat for you guys. Um, This week, we actually have... What the fuck is that name, dude? It's... uh, Kinokuneko. Kinokuneko. Yeah, that's bullshit. Uh, a run-and-gun adventure with cats and aliens. It's also got some fat anime titties, guys, so Ooh. just be prepared for that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and on fig.co, you've got Vargas, the River Realms, or Riven Realms, not River. And that was dumb. I can't believe I just read that that way. I'm so stupid. <gasps> it's okay. So, this cat game that I will refuse to uh, say the name of because it's excessive. Uh, you save the Earth from an alien invasion and unleash your meow powers in this game inspired by Metal Slug and Gunstar Heroes. They're, the developer is asking for $13,394. They have $3,437 uh, currently. So you have quite a bit left to go. they got 14 days and 92 backers currently. Yeah. I mean, it's got this super masculine cat with, like, a fat bulge that it was apparently inspired by some anime titties. So, I mean, I feel like I might buy this game, dude. I mean, it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's definitely dumb as fuck. But it, <laughs> it looks like a good time. <laughs> like, it looks so weird. He's just this big buff cat dude. But it's like it's just like a big buff guy with a small, small cat head, and he just does weird, uh, like buff guy poses of like flexing his muscles to punch people and hit them, and then he just gets a gun and he starts shooting them a ton, and he's just running around. It's like a metal slug, but weird anime style alien attack game. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a whole lot of weird, but it looks kind of fun. I always- yeah, I always love the origins of heroes when they're excessively weird like this one. Uh, the the cat is a cat protagonist. He transforms into a muscular cat after Lemon, a strange girl, gives him a piece of underwear. Ah, so he's like it... he's like a Dobby. He's like one of the house ah. elves, but instead of gaining his freedom, he gains super sick muscles like mine. Boom, dude. You heard Boom. it, Harry Potter fans. Pick Them this game thick up. muscles. <laughs> You're going on about those muscles. I, I, it's definitely not me just trying to assure myself that I'm in shape, but I'm definitely not. It's definitely not because I also just ate a shitload of tater tots and a, uh, a cheese stick. And one cheese stick? Like, like a... uh, yeah, I ate the rest of the cheese sticks yesterday. Uh... So today I only had one cheese stick. Are you talking about like, okay, let's, let's put the game part on. Oh, it was a mozzarella stick. Uh, I should say like a mozzarella <laughs> stick, like a breaded cheese stick. Like, yeah, dude, like deep fried okay. deliciousness. That's yeah. weird. I, how could you eat just one? What, what kind of person eats well, just one? I just one? told you I ate the other ones yesterday. Why didn't you finish the one? I was full. I had a burger. I had a shitload of tater tots, and I had these fucking five mozzarella sticks that were absolutely delicious. And tater tots. Okay, 
Well, I didn't expect that this meal would be so large. I went to this <laughs> local drive-in. I went to this local drive-thru, and it was like, okay, they've got, like, large burgers and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, just give me, like, a large tater tot, whatever, thinking it's going to be the average size of a tater tot, like a large tater tot, like freaking Sonic-sized tater tot. And instead, they gave me, and I'm not even joking, a literal bucket of tater tots. Mm. It was the best day of my fucking life, Josh. <laughs> it reminds me of like the. Have you ever gone to Five Guys? Yes. Yeah, how they it's do fries? Greasy. Was it like that? Um, where they just like take a bucket and like shove a shitload. Well, in they there? they basically give you like the normal like what you would get from any like fast food place where they're like, here's a little carton of fries. And it's like a just basically a cup filled of it. But then they're like, all right. And also, here's a big brown paper bag that we put this in. And then they just dump fries into the bag as well. So it's just like this just massive amount of fries in a paper bag. Yeah, no, it's not like that at all. It is self-contained inside a literal bucket. Like, it's it's a bucket, Josh. Imagine, like, oh, this is what people would throw up in. Instead, there's tater tots. That's what I'm talking about. Filled mm. to the brim with them sweet-ass tots. And then I didn't expect the mozzarella sticks to be so large either. Like, these thick anime titties in this interesting cat game. They were massive. I did not expect them to be that big. Mm. And then my burger was huge, too. Really, the moral of this story is I've got huge muscles. I'm definitely not a fat ass, and this cat game looks sweet. <laughs> Wow, what a great way to spin it Sum all it up. together. Yeah, yeah this dude. is great. That's um, what those brain muscles are for. I've also got thick brain <clears throat> muscles. I mean, yeah. Yeah, man, I don't know why this isn't more popular. This is, I mean, it's got the anime titties. Where's, come on, where's the fans? I guess they gave all their money to that one game, Subverse. <laughs> I really hate that it seems like the only animation for the girl is her head and boobs moving. It's like, really, dude? Oh, yeah. That's pretty transparent. <laughs> but I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate it. You're a good guy. I see your goals in life, and I will give you, uh, a, what the, f- $2? Why am I asking for $2? Did he say his, gradu- his gratitude is digital? His gratitude. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess that's him just, like, sending you a message that says thank you. Yeah, I guess it's an exclusive illustration of gratitude. If it's anime boobs, I'm in. I'll give you two bucks. I don't care. Oh, man. I mean, you also get it uh, with the $11 tier, which uh, seemingly still does not give you the game. Just your name and the credits. Uh, so yeah, you got to pay seventeen bucks to get this sweet ass anime titty game. Mm. Definitely has nothing to do with cats. It's all about them boobies. Mm, I think. I think it does have a lot to do with cats. I don't know. I don't know. Oh I man, mean, and this it cat's could be got two a players too. Come on, man, you could co-op. You could both be buff-ass kit uh, cats. Kids? Yeah, I said kids. Kid cats. <laughs> you could be them sweet kitty cats to save all those big titty chicks. I mean, yeah. Oh, you can play the demo on your browser without downloading it. I love when they do that shit, so I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I'll do it right now. So this game actually looks pretty interesting. Do you think it'll get funded? It seems like it's cutting in pretty close. I'm going to be honest. I don't think this is going to make it. Uh, I feel so bad about it, too, because the guy seems so nice in his video. And I think he says that he was, like, unemployed. And I was like, I want to give you a big hug. Yeah. I don't know. It says to press the Nyan button. Oh, enter is Nyan, I guess. And now it's just meowing at me. This game is strange. Oh, that's special. Oh, I'm the cat. Oh, I'm running around. Oh, this is great. 
You're just playing this demo. I'm just demo playing the demo live, live right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen big boobs yet? Uh, no, but the girl who's talking to me is just wiggling her butt at me, and I'm a big, strong cat boy. How do I? All right, dude. But I, that sounds like my game. I don't know how to sounds like my kind progress of game. further in the story. What button do I press? Uh, put on the underwear. Put on the underwear. I don't seem to. I mean, he's already wearing the underwear. They the, already skipped that part. Oh shit! You're way farther in the game than I've ever I been. Know, dude. Now you got it. Fucking pro. <laughs> what have we talked about? <laughs> God damn it! There's no button that fucking lets me progress. Oh wait, I, I found it. Wait, which one was it though? I don't know which one. I pressed all the buttons and oh wait, okay. Is it, why would now you're just button mashing? J. Seeing if it actually gets you anywhere. Pretty much. Oh my god, the music in here is fucking horrible. It's like techno but with just a bunch of cats meowing all different sounding like meow 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 that sounds excessive i don't oh my think god. i'd like oh, that I'm, I'm i'm punching the i'm punching them oh i dodged oh no i got hit i do love that it says that the browser is the worst quality of demo that you could play and that is the one you chose to play <laughs> I, did i die Remember, if you attack an enemy in the air and still press attack and jump button, you will jump higher. Oh, wow. I'm so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm beating these aliens up, man. Oh, hey, I, like, double jumped because I attacked him. <gasps> I'm picking up the gun. Oh, this is great, man. Everybody should get this. I'm just, I'm just destroying them, and the janitor's getting so mad that I'm killing all these guys on his floor. It's terrible. This <laughs> is, oh, just such a nightmare to clean all this up. What are they gonna do? <laughs> all right, I'm done. Well, hopefully this next game does not have a demo. <laughs> this one is Vargas. Uh, it's. Why does it seem like all the somewhat boring seeming games are on Fig? The is that just me? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's boring. What are you talking I, about? I'm not saying it's it is boring. I'm saying it seems boring. Like the the only ones that we've seen on Figs, with the exception of Soundfall, no, which was really cool, two was on Fig. Was it? Yeah. Fuck, dude. Figs my Figs my favorite one. Figs the best. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad about it. Uh, that was Josh. He said it. Um, I have it on tape. You can roll it back. He said it was. Fig. Roll it back. <laughs> A court reporter. Yeah. I gotta get the what are they called stenographers yeah. or whatever. Uh -huh. Just can you repeat that back to me, and then they'd be like, uh, "Josh says Fig sucks ass." Yeah. He also Dude. said you're a bitch. I don't remember. I don't that. know why he's an old That's butler, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like Alfred. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So Vargas seems really effing cool, especially Didn't because just I call love it boring? I'm so confused. I said it looks boring. All right. But then I also said it looks cool. Wait, no, you said it looks boring. I didn't say that. That was you. <laughs> You're a bitch. We heard Alfred say it. He said you did it. <laughs> he done it. Uh, yeah, no, it, it does look really cool. Um, so one of the things before we go into the actual game, I thought this was kind of cool, and one of the reasons why I picked this one specifically is because it's part of Fig's new like <clears throat> open access beta program. And so the way this one works is um, this is a crowdfunding thing where no matter what, it seems like the game's coming. But what happens is they have a roadmap, and based on how many uh, milestones you reach, you get new parts of the game that will come with it. So think of it as if a Kickstarter that is 
backed and at that point you're trying to hit those stretch goals so that like that's where it started at so i guess they had and i don't know how this worked exactly from the start i guess they maybe had like certain investors who were willing to put in the money to get it to like the initial state of making the game but now really what you're doing is you're just trying to hit different milestones so right now they're at uh they've raised twenty thousand dollars and they're at 81 percent of their latest milestone and if you click the c roadmap you'll see all the different things that they have achieved so far. So if you look in the development map, back at $2,000, it was just improving their journal. Um, so it mean it basically meant that the game is already coming out. It has an estimated release date. But all of these milestones you get will make the game better, essentially. And the reason why that's pretty cool is because you're buying the game, so to speak. You're paying, which is the starting price of $28, and you get access to the game, but you also get access right now to what they have because any of their alpha builds, they're allowing you to play and to be a part of that beta, which is nice because usually with Kickstarter games, it's like an additional step up, like a tier where you, you, know, you pay the $15, you get the game, but then you could pay like $30 and get access to the beta. So in this one... Oops. Sorry, I hit the mic. In this one, it basically just lets you jump to that tier right away. Like, that's where you're going to start. And you're just putting in money if you want to continue seeing those milestones go up. If not, you could obviously just wait and say, no, nah, I don't want to, you know, put my money in or I don't want to be part of the beta access. I'll just wait for it to come later. But this game is for sure coming. It's just, are those milestones going to be hit? That's pretty awesome. I feel like a. I... A big reason that many people may or may not like actually donate or fund these is because one it doesn't have that instant gratification like purchasing a game on steam does with the exception of you know you'd have to download it so it's not necessarily instant there either right. um but with this it means like you could immediately like go in and play at least some aspect of the game. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty awesome and you actually get to see if this is really a game for you or not, which I imagine if you just gave 28 bucks, hopefully it's a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I don't I don't think there's any way to be like, "Oh no, this game sucks. I don't want this." But <laughs> <laughs> But um you say I don't want it, you just can't do anything about it yeah I don't, I don't know if you can um but it looks really interesting so the way this game is structured it seems very uh very dungeons and dragons-esque um it has a story-based navigation system of you're kind of pinpointed on this map and there's different locations that you travel through so you seem to be this uh leader of an army of some sort going through these very uh terrible wastelands and so the way it works is you're going through and each one of those locations is a different event or something that's happening through the map that you'll have to deal with. And then there's also combat on certain of those locations, which will then put you into something that seems very similar to a Darkest Dungeon. So it's, you know, the 2D animated style turn-based action where you're fighting these enemies and it, it seems like the whole gameplay is styled around this being a very difficult journey and hardship that you'll have to deal with. I think it's pretty cool because, you know, the, it has that Darkest Dungeon appeal from like the fighting element style to it, but it also has a very strategic approach where they're saying you can do things like sending your troops ahead of your trajectory so you'll know more about that location before you actually go there so there's there's a little bit of you know resource management in this game as well if that's your thing 
Yeah, this game looks really, really interesting, especially having played, uh, actually having played like Dungeons and Dragons and really enjoyed it. Um, I'm wondering like what the character creation and such is like, mm. or if you just like if if you play this god hand like character because they said in the little video that you create your own crew like you you find your own crew and you fight with them but it didn't seem to actually say whether or not you're like there's a create a character like in most of these isometric like role-playing games or anything like that yeah i'm not i'm not too sure to be honest though i'm sure that the characters that you meet are all going to always be the same individuals but it it might be something where you can create your the leader of the group and have some kind of customization with that i'm not 100 percent sure i didn't see anything in here about that yeah i bet it'll be just like that Mm -hmm. that you just get to make like your main character and then the rest you just pick up like in general just role-playing games this seems really interesting i'm glad it's like 81 percent funded uh to their like next milestone because seemingly they've already passed everything so now you're just funding like all of their stretch goals like you said mm-hmm. i think their next one that they're shooting for is a new feature which is trade pricing system which i, I nope that's already we been are hit. So it, yeah, on mine it doesn't say it's achieved. Oh, I guess that was the they last. They probably one. just haven't updated it. Yet. Yeah. So what they're on right now is um. So let me just go through the the roadmap. So milestone one was journal improvements, new combat background and deployment UI was number two. Number three is an extended uh, narration. Number four is a scouting alpha, and that's what I was talking about of how you can send your troops ahead and actually scope out the area. Uh, number five is the new feature trade pricing system. So being able to trade those items and, and sell uh, the resources that you're gathering. And then number six, which we're on right now, that's the one we're trying to achieve, which is a goal of $25,000, is crew combat alpha. And that seems to just make the level of combat a little bit more complex and interesting on... Um, adding two new deputy roles that have a lot to do with crew combat, guard captain, and marauder prime. So it seems like new classes and making uh, a little bit more complexity with the fighting style for combat. And then their their last one they have is Milestone 7, and that just says to be announced later. Yeah, to be announced like at a later date mm-hmm. and such. Yeah, that does kind of suck that they didn't like actually say anything about those. Do you think that you'll like back this? Do you are you excited about it? Do you hope something cool happens? I, I personally, so from my standpoint, I think the Darkest Dungeon approach to it is pretty cool. Um, it's a little bit grueling if it's like that, just because Dark and Darkest Dungeon can be very. Um, very unforgiving and can sometimes be just overwhelming in a sense of like uh, I just don't want to do this because I know it's going to be a constant struggle of resources and and managing everything Um, and then adding that extra layer of having the oh you have to actually know what your troops are doing and go through this world might be a bit much Um, it looks really cool I just don't know if I have the patience to really sit down and learn everything and get good for it kind of a thing um so I don't know if I'm going to back it. I'm I'm a little hesitant, but at the same time, it kind of, which is kind of bad at the same point, but one of the good things about this is I know that the game will come out anyway, so I can sleep on it for a while. 
Yeah, the nicest thing about like heavy role playing games like this, I mean, one that kind of sucks is that you really have to put time into it and you really have to to give it your all to understand the world and how to play mm-hmm. but once you do it, it these are easily worth your money oh, no yeah, matter what no, for sure i'm i like i know there's a lot of gameplay and content here and this could be an awesome time it's just one of those things where i don't personally think i'll have the time to invest into it to get that enjoyment yeah, games like uh, Divinity, um, oh, Divinity games so like good, though. Vargas. Yeah, they're they're just huge time sinks, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But on the other hand, not fantastic when you are like trying to stay up to date with all these games and yeah. or just you know don't want to play a game for a thousand hours. Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. Ever since I started picking up the hobby of doing you know the games journalist kind of stuff of doing these articles and doing reviews and everything, is now I feel more pressured to not sit on a game for longer because I'm like, well, no, I got to go to the next new thing. Yeah, same. I noticed that too because you're just like, okay, I've got this preview, I've got to write, so now I got to download and play this game, mm-hmm. and you just have to consistently be informed, which is kind of funny because. It seems like that's that's a deal, but when you listen to podcasts like uh, like NVC um, or like Beyond, you hear what they're playing, and they're always playing like these old games. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. You're like, how do you have the time? I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I hear them talk about how many games they're playing, and I'm like, how? Like this, it's like impossible. Like, where do you find the time? <laughs> like, well, I mean, I guess it's also their occupation versus us doing this as like an additional bit. So it's like, okay, cool. I do my forty hour work week, and then I come home and I record podcasts and write and by the time that all that's done i have like an hour to play yeah i guess that's true but at the same time i don't think like ign like someone like ign is just like here sit there at a a desk for eight hours and play this video game like it's obviously a little bit different than that so it's not the same like i'm sure there's still not a lot of time for them to really play on the job like there's other stuff they have to do and be like researching um but yeah there's there's definitely going to be a little bit more leeway with that than we have anyway yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of IGN and just the future, I think it's about time we get into our last little bit of the podcast. Really just smooth it out. Uh, you know, just leave on our best foot or however people say that. Um, so our random question of today is just what we believe might be the indie game of the year. Um, so, I mean, one question I did want to ask is... Indie games don't often win Game of the Year. It was a pretty big deal when Journey won Game of the Year. Mm -hmm. So do you think that it's actually possible that so far any games you've played this year are actual, like, hardcore contenders against AAA games? Or is it like, okay, well, they're going to be the best indie game of the year, but they won't be the best game of the year? Mm. I mean, we also, I guess, as an added caveat, we have yet to have a game that blows so many people out of the water that it's a game a year, with the exception of, I believe, Resident Evil 2 Remake. People really Uh, are, like, up in arms about. Yeah, that that has definitely been... I really should actually try that. I've never been a big fan of the Resident Evil series, but I feel like there's been so much hype around it that I should try it. Um, As far as, like indie game of the year so so when we originally talked about this question i I started listing out some of the things that i've played in 2019 and um one specifically that i haven't played that i think would be a contender for my top 10 uh you know game of the year 
kind of list of what's the best thing in 2019. And going through that list right now, um, personally, I don't think that anything can really step up to the plate for game of the year, um, except for maybe Cuphead? Maybe Cuphead? But that's a weird part because, and this is one of the things I talked about where this would bring on a debate, is like, I still, there's no good direct answer for can something be in this contention like if it's can it be a contender when its initial release date was like two years ago yeah like cuphead is definitely not this is not the first experience of cuphead that people have gotten but it's the only one that people who have a nintendo switch have gotten so i mean does do you think it would like it would change the idea on it if the miss chalice dlc came out and it was just fantastic and people are like all right well the game of the year is cuphead because then this miss chalice dlc is huge instead of just the game being relaunched on nintendo switch i mean that's another good point is does a dlc warrant that something can be game of the year can you have a game of the year because of a dlc that dropped um i mean uh they did do the whole like with what is it uh fuck xenoblade um with xenoblade 2 it was kind of like it it was kind of stiffed for the game of the years because of uh, game of the year awards because of where it released um during the year and then i believe it was actually included in last year's game of the year discussion mm-hmm. with the uh the the torna dlc that was included as well so i mean it kind of just depends um but if I'm actually remembering that correctly. I guess yes, where like the game awards are considered. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really agree with it as much. And I, yeah, I feel like it's weird. I feel, yeah, because <laughs> it's just it's not. It's not a. I mean, you could say like as an award, like you know, best DLC for that year. But like, I don't think that makes it the game of the year. But then again, I mean, it depends on if it was that mind melting, <laughs> so to speak. But um, but no, the only thing that I really think is probably going to be something like uh, a Cuphead or maybe like a Katana Zero because there's been a lot of hype with that. But I haven't personally played Katana Zero, so I can't say one way or another whether I you know am behind that statement. Um, personally, my other favorites that are up there are going to be Baba Is You. Because that was an amazing puzzle game, and I think that was a lot of fun. I think it was uh, very, um, very defining of a game uh, from like a puzzle perspective, and it's something that I had never really seen before. So I, I just thought that it was, you know, an amazing new addition to what games can be. But I don't think um, a lot of people have really played it as much as they should. And also there is a lot of difficulty with those later levels that I think people will end up dropping out at. Um, And then uh, Risk of Rain 2, which I think is amazing, but that's a roguelike that's constantly the same thing. So I don't think that will contend for something like Game of the Year. Um, And SteamWorld Quest, which was... A really great game but i i definitely wouldn't put that in you know the the highest pedestal i think it's an awesome game but it's not like it's not a comparison of something that would get you know a 10 out of 10 like this is the most amazing thing ever 
Yeah, yeah. SteamWorld Quest, it did not set the world on fire, but I feel like the SteamWorld games don't ever really do that. They're just, they're amazing, and indie games fan, indie game fans know that, mm-hmm. but mainstream games press generally doesn't praise them for being, like, outstanding. They're just like, yeah, they're great games and such. Um, where Risk of Rain 2 is considered, I mean, I don't necessarily know if that could actually even... Like, if it would be considered because it only launched in early access and it doesn't have a full release yet? Didn't. So. Wasn't. Yeah, so that's that's the thing, though. Isn't, like, Fortnite up on discussion, like, almost every time? I fucking hate that, yeah, dude. So, like. I'm telling you right I don't, now. Like, that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't. Yeah, like, that's the weird part about this is, like, I never know what can be up for grabs. It just depends on, like. Like, it's. it's it, I mean, it is what it is. It's a popularity contest. It just depends on what people are playing the most and what people are ranting and raving about during that time. So, like, I get it. Um, and that's kind of why I would still consider it for that list. But then again, it really, like, putting something in early access just gives you essentially two spots. It's like, you could be game of the year while you're in early access, or people who like it that much when it releases will try to give it a second shot. Yeah, it's very possible that if it releases and it actually gets a full release in 2020, it'll be, like, in talks for game of the year, whereas this year it was in talks for game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably yeah, talk about sadly, it. Yeah, <laughs> sadly... Sadly, like the the release of these big AAA games that really shake the world means that indie games are often swept under the rug unless it's something like unless it delivers such a crazy experience that just is excessively heartwarming and just changes the game entirely like Celeste or Journey. Um really it just indie games don't come up all that often in game of the year discussion with the exception of its specific category indie game of the year which is like okay that's cool yeah yeah i don't think i don't think there's anything from at least from my mind that will get just a flat out this is the game of the year but i definitely say the indie game of the year um i'm sure that the popular vote would end up pushing katana zero um oh yeah but for me personally it would be risk of rain too i mean i'm gonna go i'm gonna go way left field Game's not even out yet. Gato Roboto, dude. It's going to come out. Everybody's going to love it so much. It's going to get Game of the Year over Resident Evil 2 Remake. I'm not even going to worry about it. It's 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 set in stone at this point, Josh. I mean, It's law. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, I'm definitely going to play it, and I'll love it. Might be on my top <laughs> ten. Who knows? Yeah, the only thing that sucks is with like niche indie games and stuff, uh, with, with really niche indie games, since it's a popularity contest, even if they're the best games of the year, not enough people play them, so they don't vote for them. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's just like, all right, well, it could have been the best game ever, but since not enough people talked about it, it's never gonna get it. Yeah, but it's okay because then it'll get ported to the Switch, and then people will uh, will give it the award. Lose then. their shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's about it for this episode of the Indian Incursion Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and just uh, really s- sitting through my rambling about monsterella sticks and such. It's, it's very nice of you. You're making me real uh, hungry. <laughs> thank you so much to all the people over at the Active Quest Podcast for following us. Makes me feel real cool. We got the Joseph Yaden follow. I was like, hey, bro, now we're basically celebrities. I know. That's all I've ever dreamed of. <laughs> 
Of course, uh, you can come back each and every week to get all of the awesome indie games news you're wanting to know, to stay up to date and such. It's very exciting. You get to hear me ramble every week because I'm generally tired and malnourished. It's awesome. Everybody loves it. I and love you it. get to hear Josh uh, get super pissed about being called Big Josh Boy. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I love Yeah, a good time to be had. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys would like to chat with us outside the show, you can follow me at HadLegion on Twitter. You can follow the Indian Christian Podcast at IndiePod. You can follow Josh at the underscore George90. And, of course, uh, check out all the sweet written content over on Parallax. Uh, Parallax dot, what is it? Par- it's not <laughs> Parallax Parallax dot one. There you go. Parallaxmedia.one. That one gets me every time, dude. It's, it gets me. <laughs> But that's it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great week. Bye, guys.